God's Word. And I'm going to talk to you about the light that Jesus came to bring, the light. It says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, this is the prophet Isaiah predicting the coming of the Messiah, and he describes him this way. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that Jesus came as a great light, shining into the dark. Thank you, Lord, for enlightening our lives, illuminating our path, showing us the way to go when we were stumbling in the dark. Thank you, Lord, for pulling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. May your light now shine into every heart here in person and those watching online, those listening later and radio and other social media platforms. Let your light shine into their hearts. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's a great light and you can be seated. Now, this is a prophecy from Isaiah, and uh, he's talking about the coming of Jesus into the world. And he's seeing what the Holy Spirit is showing him. He's writing down what the Holy Spirit guides him to write. And so it's the Holy Spirit that showed him that the Messiah would be like a light, would be a great light. So he just wrote it down. And then he describes the land of deep darkness. The Messiah would be born into a land of deep darkness. That deep darkness is describing the spiritual darkness of the world. It's talking about spiritual darkness, not natural darkness. Spiritual darkness. And he calls our world the land of deep darkness. And then in that land of deep darkness, spiritual blindness... Messiah would be born and he would shine like a great light, like a spotlight, like when they're opening up a new store, a new uh, Walmart or something, and they put those spotlights out there and you see the beams from miles away. Jesus would be like one of those beams, but beyond that beam, that his, his light would pierce the darkness and help us to see the way. The Apostle John describes Jesus as a light. In him, Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. He was the true light, not a fake light, but a true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Jesus, his light, his wisdom, his love, his truth, his guidance, his teachings are like a light. The dictionary simply describes light as something that makes vision possible. If we had no lights on in here and we shut every door and blocked all those windows on the doors, we would be in total darkness. The only reason darkness can come anywhere is the absence of light. Take away light and you have darkness. But put light in there and darkness never wins the battle. Darkness never wins. It always loses the battle against light. But light brings sight. 
We, we have sight because we have light. And that's physically and spiritually true. It's also a well-known fact that the absence of light for too long a time will bring blindness. Animals who live out their lives in a, in a complete lack of light uh, often become blind. And eventually that species, if they do that long enough, they'll even be born eyeless. Mules kept in underground mines become blind. Those who live in dungeons, cellars, prisons, mines, in similar places uh, where there's no light or they're denied sunlight, they will lose some or all of their sight. Light brings sight. Lack of light takes sight away. And when people reject the light of Jesus Christ, there's only one place to go, and that is an absence of light, and that's darkness. The more of His light we have, the better we see. The less of His light we have, the worse we see. The less we see. We can't see eventually our hand in front of our face. The kind of light that Jesus brings... A great light came into the world, into the land of darkness. It was spiritual light because there is a spirit world. There is a spirit world, not just a physical world of three dimensions. There's another dimension, a spiritual world where the angels are, where Christ is, where the enemy is. A spiritual world that we cannot see, but it's oh so real. And when you're spiritually blind, it's the worst kind of blindness. It's worse than physical blindness when you're spiritually blind. Jesus brought spiritual light. It's His light, His teaching, His truth, what He said to us, what He modeled for us. It's that light that helps us see things the way they really are. Okay? The way they really are. For instance, it brings to us the awareness of our true spiritual condition. Without His light, we'd never know our true spiritual condition. We'd never know it. Nope. We wouldn't know that we're lost and desperately need a Savior. We'd never know. His light shines and you realize, wow, I'm lost and I need a Savior. Without that light, you never know it. That's why the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The message of Christ, when you hear it, is like a light that pierces your soul and shows you at least for a moment's time that you're lost and in the dark and you need a Savior. But without His light, you don't know. That's why Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing when they were hanging him on the cross. They don't know what they're doing. They can't see right. Their, their vision is darkened because of sin. Jesus' light enables us to see moral, ethical, and spiritual truth without the dark lens that sin places over our spiritual eyes. Yeah. The light of Jesus... When you come to Him and you get to know Him, He gives you a brand new lens to see life through. It's a, it's a light lens. It's the lens of light where you can see things the way they really are. And you're no longer blinded to His truth, His reality, the reality of God, the reality of your eternal soul, the reality of spiritual things. Romans one twenty one paints a vivid picture of this spiritual blindness. I want you to listen to it because spiritual blindness is real. I can almost see Jesus hanging on the cross and speaking to our nation. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're in the dark. Send the light. Send light. 
Paul said, even though they knew God, they knew about him, they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations. And watch this, their foolish heart was darkened. It was darkened. Their heart was darkened. That's talking about spiritual darkness, spiritual blindness. Their heart was darkened. That means their conscience was darkened. Their ability to see truth was darkened. Darkened means in their understanding. They were darkened in their ability to understand spiritual truth. Their wisdom was taken away. Their knowledge of God was lost when they turned away from Him. It's a very uh, sobering thing to, to hear the claims of Christ, to be confronted with Christ, for Christ to come and knock on the door of your heart and then to walk away. Because you always walk away into the dark. But when you come to him, you walk into the light and you begin to see things like you never saw them before. The light in the room comes on. Amen. The, the, the shades, the shades that have been drawn in the room on the windows are flung open and sunlight comes in and you see what the room really looks like. Jesus said, he who walks in the spiritual darkness doesn't know where he goes. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what direction you're headed in. When you walk in darkness, you can't see. He talked about the spiritually blind leading the blind and both of them falling into a ditch. Because blind people can't lead blind people in anything but trouble. That's why we need His Word over our nation and His Word over our lives. Paul the Apostle describes spiritual darkness and how it happens. He tells us how it happens. Even if our gospel is veiled, the gospel of Christ, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light, listen to the way he describes the gospel, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Amen. When, when, right now, I'm sharing the gospel, and, and it's like I'm holding a great, big, massive flashlight, and it shines into the hearts of people. And it shows us the way we really are and what we really need. Thank God that Jesus came and His light pierced the darkness. He came into the land of, of massive darkness, and His light shined. And His light pierced the darkness in several ways. And I want to share just a few of them with you. Here they are. Let me point out three of them. His light brought understanding. Everybody say understanding. Listen to what John says. 1 John 5, 20. We know the Son of God has come, and, and in, in His coming, He gave us an understanding. Well, what in the world does that mean? Understanding is from two words, two Greek words. I'm not going to tell you the Greek words, but here's what they mean. The first Greek word is a compound word, understanding. Here's what it means. Thoroughly from side to side. Thoroughly from side to side. That's part of the word. And then the second part means to use the mind. So it means, when it says Jesus has given us understanding, it means he restored our ability to think straight. To think thoroughly. To think completely. To take an issue and look at it and go from side to side with it Look at the whole picture and come to a godly, accurate, true conclusion. In other words, in other words, when Jesus gives you and me an understanding, we think more clearly than we ever have in our life. 
we're able to see things as they really are, not as the lens of darkness showed us they were. No. Conversely, when God is pushed out of someone's mind, your thinking always goes sideways. You can't think clearly. Can I just tell you the truth? The Bible says you can't think clearly if you're not walking with Christ. You can't think clearly because you can't see clearly to make the right kind of conclusions. It says that even if they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, when you kick God out of your knowledge, God gives you over to a reprobate mind. Reprobate means this. A mind that can no longer discern between right and wrong. A mind destitute of judgment. Incapable of recognizing what is truly good. Incapable of recognizing what is truly evil. A mind that has lost all conscience. In other words, a mind that doesn't work right. To get close to Jesus is to think clearly. To get away from him is to have your thinking go sideways. Now, does this describe our society? Oh, man, where good is called evil and evil is called good, literally. Where right is called wrong and wrong is called right. Where moral is called immoral and immoral is called moral. You might be asking, how did we get here? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. Here's how we got here. When Adam and Eve fell, when Adam and Eve, the first parents of the human race, fell, our relationship with God was severed and spiritual darkness rushed in. Listen to Romans 5. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. And that's what's wrong with the human race. With sin came darkness, spiritual darkness. So we lost sight of who we are, where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. We're groping in the dark until his light shines on our life and shows us the right way. And our thinking gets restored. Amen. So Jesus came to the world as a light to restore our spiritual sight. Listen to Jesus. Here's what he said. I have come as light into the world that everybody who believes in me may not remain in darkness. Listen to this one. Jesus said, I came into this world that those who don't see may see. Oh, I love that. That just gave me Holy Ghost bumps. Did you catch that? Until you know him, you don't see. When you come to know him, you see, spiritually speaking. But then secondly, he came as a light to bring life. Now, in the natural, the sun is the source of all life on earth. You take the sun away, and everything that is living will quickly perish. As important, though, as physical sun is to physical life, the light Jesus brings is the only road to spiritual life. I want you to notice how the Bible equates his light with his life. Jesus said, or John said of Jesus, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. John 8, 12. Again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light, watch this, the light of life. His life brings light. His light brings life. To come into his light is to come into his life. To come into his life is to come into his light. They're connected. 
The light of His love, the light of His truth, the light of His death, the light of His resurrection brings true spiritual life. Before you knew Jesus, you were dead in trespasses and sins and walking around in darkness. But then He came and gave you life and translated you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son, which is the kingdom of light. Amen. So the light that Jesus gives brings understanding, and it brings life. And some people don't choose his life. Jesus said this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, and people love darkness instead of light. You catch that? People love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does not evil hates the light. If you're doing evil, you hate the light because it exposes. And they won't come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. I've talked to a lot of atheists, and they have all kinds of intellectual reasons why they don't believe in Christ, don't believe in God, don't accept the Bible. But I've learned something. What they're really doing is using intellectual arguments, but that's the tip of the iceberg. That's not really why they reject Christ. They reject Christ and come up with all these arguments because they don't want to walk in the light. So they make up all these reasons. I don't believe in atheists. They don't believe in God. I don't believe in them. No, I'm serious. I don't believe there is a real one. I don't. You can tell me you're an atheist all day long, but my Bible tells me God has shown himself to you. And all you're doing is ducking and dodging with all these arguments, the reality of his existence, so you don't have to answer to him. So you don't believe in God? I don't believe in you. I believe in that God died for you in Christ, and you can be healed and restored. And that brings me to the third thing that the light of Jesus will do. The light of Jesus will bring healing within. The light of Jesus brings healing. A lot of people are afraid of the Lord. If I come to the Lord, he's going to make me a Bible thumper. You know, he's going to change the way I am. I can't be cool anymore. Can't hang with my, my buddies anymore. Uh, you know, he's going to make me into one of these Jesus freaks. Jesus doesn't turn people into freaks. He turns freaks into people. And I know I used to be one. Boy, was I freaky. I could show you some pictures. You may never come back to church. But, yeah, he changes you, you bet, but it's for the good. He's not out to get you. He's out to get you blessed. He's out to get you healed. He's out to get you whole. He's out to get you delivered. But he's not out to make you something you don't want to be. The light of Jesus brings healing within. We know there's healing in sunlight. Sunlight therapy has been around a long time. Uh, it's been proven to be very effective in the treatment of some diseases. Sunlight. Just stepping out into the sunlight can chase the blues away. There, there's power in sunlight, but watch this. Where natural light can help physical ailments and mental ailments, the light of Jesus brings healing to your heart. Here's the truth. Just about everybody that walked in here today has a heart hurt. Somewhere, you got a heart hurt. Some of you came in bleeding on the inside profusely. You need desperately for the Lord to touch you. You need answers. You need guidance. You need 
His love. You need Him to show you what to do, what move to make. You need Him to do something in your life that you cannot do on your own. You've tried. So you're coming in here with a heavy heart, a bleeding heart, a bruised heart, a wounded heart. We're in a wounded, bleeding world. That's where all the anger comes from, all the rage, all of the murders, all of the crime. We got a heart problem. We need a heart surgeon. And his name is Jesus. He's a heart surgeon. Tell the truth, you're in here today with a heart that is aching, that is breaking, that needs a touch. And sometimes, listen, you can't fix it. You got to turn to somebody who can. And nobody like Jesus can weave their way into the deep recesses of your soul and touch you where no man can go. In the very first sermon he ever preached, Jesus stood up in the synagogue he'd grown up, grown up in. They knew him well. He asked for the scroll of Isaiah. And, he, and uh, this was after he had come out of the wilderness, defeating the devil. This is after his water baptism. Now he's moving in the power of the Spirit. And it says he stood up and he read these words. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. Now watch this. He has sent me. Why did I come into the world? Yeah, to save your soul, to get you to heaven, but more. He sent me to bind up your broken heart. He sent me to bind up your broken heart. The words bind up are very strong. It's a phrase out of the Hebrew language that means uh, uh, putting a healing bandage on the heart's wounds. He puts a healing bandage on your heart's wounds. You are abused. People wronged you. People you trusted wronged you, hurt you, maybe sexually abused you, emotionally abused you, and you're hurting. It has affected your whole life. You have walked through life with a limp. It's affected your whole personality, the whole trajectory of the direction of your life. But I got good news for you. He can go where no one can go. He can touch what no one can touch. Don't give up, but give the pain to him. Because he's able to bind up, put a bandage on, bring healing to your broken heart. Binding up the hearts for those that are deeply distressed and afflicted. You may be distressed today over your sins. You've made terrible mistakes and it's distressing you. Or you're hurting from the loss of loved ones or the loss of friends. I've talked to people this Christmas season who lost loved ones this year and they're bleeding and they're hurting and they can't seem to get past it. And I say to them, there is one who can heal your heart. That's all I can tell you. I'm not a psychologist, but I can tell you I know the great physician. Jesus came to bring encouragement and consolation to broken hearts and to replace the pain with his joy and his peace. 
and only he can do it. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, the Bible says, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He heals the brokenhearted, the psalmist said, and binds up their wounds. Jesus was and is a great light. And the light of his truth brings understanding, a clearer mind, brings life, and brings healing within. Can we stand together today? It's Christmas Eve Sunday. I, I'm a preacher. I, I deal with words. That's what I do. But I don't have words to describe what it means to me that Jesus came to the world. Where I would be if he hadn't come to the world. Words are cheap and they fail when you try to describe that. I can just tell you it's true. A virgin conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that holy child born to Mary was the incarnate Son of God. God wrapped himself in skin so he could feel our pain, understand our dilemma, touch us at the point of our need, and lead us out of darkness into his spiritual light and life. And I'm so profoundly thankful for that. Because this boy wouldn't be here probably if not for the salvation of Christ. What about you? Amen? What about you? So he's more than a cool guy, walked around 2,000 years ago saying nice things. And he's just one of many religious leaders. No, 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 no. He doesn't allow you to go there. He said, he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So I give to you today, Jesus. Jesus. Can we lift our hands to him and say, Lord, today, I need your healing. I need your life. And I receive you today. Now with every head bowed a moment, just bow with me for a moment of prayer. And I, and I just want to talk to you. Pretend like nobody's here but you and me. And I'm just going to ask you a question. Has he come into your life? Have you placed your faith in Jesus where he came into your life, you got peace with God, your life was changed, and every day you're following him. Has that happened to you? Can you go back to a time, to an hour, to a minute, when that happened to you? Do you have a question mark about whether or not you've really come to him? Because right now you can do it, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to do it. I did it. Uh, many, many years ago in juvenile detention center, I heard this gospel for the first time and I came to Jesus. That's why I'm up here. He can change you like he changed me and has changed billions of others. So have you done it? Have you prayed it? I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. 
and it's called a prayer of salvation. And when you pray this with me, and if you mean it, he's going to come into your heart right here and right now. Right here, right now. He's going to change you. So pray this with me if you need to. And if you think you need to, you probably need to. So pray it with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose from the dead so that I could be saved and brought out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, I repent from my sins and I ask you to forgive me for breaking your laws. I invite you into my heart. I place my faith in you as my Savior. In Jesus' name. And with your heads bowed, you can say, Jeff, I prayed that with you. Would you lift your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. You lift your hand high. Let the Lord see it. I see you, I see you, I see you all over this place, all over this house. Many of you. What a beautiful sight. Everybody with your hands raised, would you look at me a minute? Just look right up here at me. Let me get up here. There. Now I see all of you. If your hand is raised, I'm going to dismiss the service in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you to come down here and let me meet you and let me give you something to go out the door with that I really want you to have because I wrote it for you. And you need it. Okay? So do we have a deal? As soon as I dismiss, you're going to come down and I'm going to wait for you. I want to meet you. I rejoice with you. You need to tell somebody you prayed that prayer with me. You might as well share it with me. And I want to say a prayer with you and send you on your way with a very special gift. Will you do that? Thank you so much. How many of you are glad you came to the house of God today? Yes. Amen, amen.